DanielBritt.com. I'm Daniel Britt, and on my guest line is one of the most successful individuals in gospel music, but his success has always been built around the theme of giving it away. Welcome to our telephones and microphones, Bill Gaither. Daniel, it's good, it's good to be with you, and, uh, and we are trying to sell that idea this year, and the great thing about it is I'm not asking them to give anything to me, but, <laughs> but to give to their local churches, to give to the local programs there. In Atlanta, there's got to be a lot of things they could get involved in uh, as far as giving away their resources, giving away their time, giving away their energy. Most of the time, we think the money is the easiest thing that we can give away, and that's good, and we always need that. But boy, uh, just their time and energy is very important. You got that right. And, and the album, we'll talk about that some too. The vocal band's latest album is titled Give It Away, and that's the, that's the very popular song, and you teamed up with Signature Sound to do that, I understand. Sir, we, we got recording it, and, uh, and first of all, we're doing a project that's going to be out this summer. Uh, we've already got it done, uh, of, uh, the two groups together. And, and that one, uh, since we were doing that, we said, hey, you know what? After we've sung this about a hundred times, we need a little extra push. So, so they come in <laughs> or towards the end of the song and uh, and give it a lot of it, uh, excitement. How many years have you assembled all of these singers together and, and and legends for the concert stage in particular? If you're talking just about the uh, about the Southern Gospel part of our lives, you'd probably have to go back to '91, maybe a little bit earlier than that when the cathedrals and the vocal band started working together some, and then we finally did that first video. But in all fairness, Daniel, we have been packaging uh, uh, artists for a long, long time. Back in the early days of the trio, I remember when we brought in uh, Don Francisco and did He's Alive, and then we brought in Sandy Patty, do We Shall Behold Him. And then, uh, I mean, it kept developing. Carmen was in that long list of artists. And Larnell Harris. And... uh, then Mark Lowry came along, Michael English. So, so, so we've been including new talent, you know, for quite some time in packaging talent. But in the 90s, 91 was the first time that we went back and got some of the old retired talent. Yeah. That's thought, you know, maybe we've done enough of this. And we said, not so fast. <laughs> you may have answered this next question because you've been doing that even before homecoming uh, took form back during the trio days and, and vocal band days. But uh, in the beginning of, of the concert side of homecoming, was it kind of a leap of faith? Uh, was it that sort of a thing? What, what kind of preparations had to go into coordinating something like tour schedules of each individual tour schedules and combining them to a big homecoming concert? Well, with the homecoming, it, it wasn't really so much of a leap of faith because at that point the videos had taken off so big and there were so many people saying, boy, I'd love to see that in person. So I remember when we called the Fort, uh, Fort Worth Tarrant County Convention Center and got a date to do an evening a concert and we put the tickets on sale and in one day they sold 14,000 tickets. They sold out. So we had to do a mat and hey, it was just like, uh, you know, people had just been deprived of that particular approach to gospel music for so long. And once we announced it, they just, it was just, you know, it was just unbelievable. And then, of course, the biggest crowd I suppose we ever had was there at, there in Atlanta at the Georgia Dome with about 40,000, 45,000. So it's, uh, you, know, it, you know, it's a big, uh, it, 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 it's quite a phenomenon, and the roots and the love for that music go quite deep. 
Now, uh, logistically, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when you started the concerts, for the most part, they were kind of with an end stage set up, and then it moved to more in the round where you did in the arenas, and the stage was in the center, and all the seats of the audience were surrounding the stage. But now I think you're back to an end stage, aren't you? We're still around uh, doing it in around this spring, but next fall we're going to go back to an end stage for a while just to give it a different look. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do some things in the middle that you can't do on the end. You can do some things on the end you can't do in the middle. Mm-hmm. We were doing uh, the uh, the end around back in the early 70s before anybody was doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the first time we did a homecoming concert there, we did it at the Civic Auditorium, which obviously has a stage down front mm-hmm. and uh, and the seats in a regular theater seating. But uh, we've done it both ways. Uh, let's go back to Give It Away and talk talk about that. It's more than just a CD or a song or, or even a, a marketing ploy. I mean, this really is uh, something that it needs to be ingrained in every Christian. And uh, I, because I've read your work, your, your, your biography, the writings you've done, I've seen it through uh, as a footprint throughout your life. And explain, and you mentioned it earlier, uh, explain to us just about the give it away concept and why that is so important. Well, first of all, I, I, I don't think you can follow the teachings of Jesus very long until you run into scriptures like, he that, he that would lose his life will save it. Hmm. And he that spends all his time trying to save his life and, and uh, and then keep his possessions and all that, it's going to lose it in the long run it run anyway. I mean, this is the paradox of the gospel. You, you just cannot outgive God, and it's built into the foundations of the gospel. And and I believed this for a long time. My dad and my granddad always would say, uh, Bill, there are only two kind of folks, takers and givers. Now make up your mind which one you're going to be. And I I think the homecoming videos were a good example of that. We said, oh, okay, this is a wonderful thing that can happen. How many different ways can we give this away and help other people, you know, uh, uh, in the process be a part of this this bigger idea? And I think we did that. I think we have modeled it in as many different ways as we can. The next thing that happened was, we had a fund, a gospel music trust fund. I think it had fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in it. For times of crisis, well, we quickly figured out that for real crisis, that was not going to cover it. And so we started putting away uh, a percentage of, of what we were doing in royalties from the uh, videos to that specifically to that fund. We gave uh, a couple of benefit concerts, one in Nashville, where we raised a quarter million dollars. Hmm. That night, everything that came in, I mean, every ticket that we sold, we said it's going to go specifically to this fund. But to make a long story short, that 20000 is now $2.7 million and <laughs> continues to grow. And we've done a lot of things like that to try to model to say, hey, you know, it, it, you know, it's one thing to be blessed, but after you're blessed, you need to try to bless some other people. If nothing else, for the little single mom who's working at the Waffle House, Late at night, yeah. and trying to feed her kid, you know, bless her, give her a big tip, you know, you know, uh, give her more than what you're you're even paying for the bill, or you know, working in the in the county food pantry. Uh, my daughter does that every uh, week. A bunch of the churches got together and said, you know, we can take care of the hungry in our own community, and they're doing a great, great job. And the homeless know where to go for food, you know. So. I mean, it, it just never ends the many different ways that you can get involved. We got involved in Samaritan's Purse with uh, 
Operation Christmas Child last year, and there were eight and a half million kids, uh, African kids, who were orphans, and most of them were HIV positive, who got Christmas gifts who would not, not have had it otherwise. A lot of different ways to encourage a child. Reading to a kid, teaching a kid to learn how to read. It's a wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, gift of your time. It really kind of sums up who you are and what you've built your uh, your ministry upon. And um, But, you know, I, it doesn't come without a price. I'm sure you have received your fair share of criticism that maybe you're just giving it away to get back in return. But I, I enjoy hearing from you uh, in particularly saying what you're saying there because it really does make sense and uh, it shows your true heart. You know, every now and then, uh, when when I do interviews with sec- the secular press, uh, sometimes they ask this question, and I always say, "Thanks for asking. It's a very good question." They said, "Is it possible for people to do what you do for the wrong motive?" <laughs> I said, "It's possible for people to do anything for a wrong motive, whether or not it's Christian work, whether it's not being a doctor, whether or not it's being a journalist, or whether or not it's being a, yeah. you know, I mean, you can do anything for the wrong uh, motive. You will not do it very long." For the wrong because <laughs> you'll get tired of it. Trust me, you know. And you know, and for years, uh, you know, I've been asked that question, and I always say, you know, that's a very, very fair question. Uh, uh, somebody said, you know, you know, you know, even involving the videos. Well, you know, you know, uh, what is the motive? And Jay Kess, I remember one time said, "Well, I tell you one thing. I tell you what his motive is, because if you've ever gone to his house, he'll get out his old records, his old 33 RPMs." <laughs> The Statesman, the Blackwood Brothers, Spear Family, the Febris, uh, you know, the Goodmans, and play you those things over and over again. So, you know, he loves it. Anything that's ever been successful has done has been done out of labor of love, whether it's gospel music or, or building houses. And, I mean, think of the houses that have been built by the Habitat of Humanity. Yeah. You don't do it very long until you, you're doing it because you just love to help people have shelter, you know. And that goes to show you've been living in Alexandria in the same house for how many years? Yeah, we've been living in the same house we taught school in for 40 years. Wow. People said, why not? You can afford to build a bigger house. I said, why? <laughs> <laughs> this house is plenty big. Yeah, that's right. And it's got all of our memories in it. And if we would think about selling it, our kids would kill us. And, uh, and, and you get used to, uh, to the town you grew up in, or, or you've sure. invested a lot there in the community. So. You know, it's a great story. Uh, and this is, it's, it's just a little town. I'll never forget when Hovey and James and Jake and Eva May and all of them came up here the first time. We And I'm looking out here where we had a big old tent and fed them. Yeah. I, I thought of the field of dreams, you know, build it and they will come, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, it, it's, it's been an amazing story how in this little God-forsaken town, right. Right. Uh, it's a dreary old March day out there today. It's not real cold. It's about 60, but it's, it's, uh, it's damp and rainy. But... Uh, I think how God's blessed this little business, and uh, you know, anything we've done, we just fell into. Anytime I do interviews, they say, "Well, what are your goals?" I said, "I've never really had any long-term goals. All I wanted to do was the best I could do where I was at that stage of my life." You know, uh, and to think that you know this would happen after 70 years, and that we not only get to share the songs that we have written that was our original passion. All we want to do is be writers, but out of default, became performers, you know, and uh, uh, obviously not the greatest singers in the world, but we finally were able to attract some of the best singers in the world. And, uh, it, I mean, the whole things have been amazing, and I think and when people and when people do come here, they uh, they uh, 
They really like uh, speaking of cities, uh, each one is unique. Uh, you can go to Memphis, you can go to New York, you can go to the West Coast. But they all have their unique perspective. What is it about Atlanta, and what is it about the state of Georgia that comes to your mind when you think about its contribution to gospel music? Well, the gospel music roots in Atlanta and in Georgia are so, so deep, both in white and black gospel. Yeah. I mean, when you think of black gospel, you got to think of Thomas Darcy and mm. Precious Lord, Take My Hand, Peace in the Valley, all those great songs that he wrote. Georgia native, you know, yep. and you, when you think of all the talent there, Hovey Lister and the Statesman, and uh, their roots go very, very deep. Hovey uh, spent his last days in Atlanta, and um, some of my earliest rec- recollections was hearing him on WSB in Atlanta <laughs> uh, singing Statesman, We Are the Statesman Quartet, you know. Yeah. And the Lefevers are from from Atlanta. The old Home and Harmony was from Atlanta. Jimmy yeah. Jones, uh, my dear friend who just passed away this year, yeah. from Atlanta. The Harmoniers and uh, Fred C. Maples and the Harmoniers, Bob Cruz. Yeah. These mm-hmm. are all uh, legends yeah. who are uh, sunshine boys who are from uh, uh, that wonderful, wonderful city. So their roots are very, very deep there. And you mentioned uh, Jimmy Jones. He just passed away. Bob Cruz just passed away just this right. just this week. And, right. uh, Eva May. We we I mentioned uh, this to you a minute ago. Eva May is celebrating her 90th birthday this year, and she's still going strong. She's got some genes, doesn't she? <laughs> I mean, to look as young as she looks and to be as as spry as she is. Well, her dad lived to be 103, and, <laughs> and she told me she says, "Bill, I'm going to live to be 100, so I can so 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 I can pester you and wear you out." <laughs> And then after you get up to heaven, after I'm there for a while, as soon as you get up there, I'm going to start all over again and wear you out again. <laughs> She's got a great heart. She's a wonderful. I love her. And uh, I understand she'll be a special kind of surprise guest at this Atlanta concert. Yeah, she's always uh, she's always at the Atlanta concerts or Greenville, any place we're close. And uh, it's always a delight to have her. Now, we've talked about some of the changes in the concerts, and if you want to go into that, that's fine. But basically, what what are we going to expect this time around? You've been to Atlanta several times now, and each year brings something fairly unique. So, Well, the vocal band has really hit its stride. Uh, I think we're having our very best days you know, in our history, and uh, we're having a great, great time. Uh, Wes Hampton is winning friends like crazy <laughs> all over the country. Yeah. People love him, dearly love him. Marshall Hall has really come into his own. Of course, people want to pack, put the guy Penrod in their suitcase and take him home, you know. So the vocal band is strong. Gordon Moat's uh, keyboard uh, contribution, what we're doing, is amazing. I mean, he is just, he's something else. People love him, and uh, uh, and he's catching on. A great sense of humor mm-hmm. with his with his handicap, his blindness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Ernie Haas and Signature Sound is going to be there. People love Ernie and Signature Sound. Uh, uh, and uh, I don't have that total list, list in front of me. I think Linda and Ivan and Ben Spear. Linda uh, and Ivan, uh, Linda Randall, people love Linda. Yeah. And uh, uh, Ivan, Ben Spear, so... I yeah. mean, it's going to be a strong list. Now, Signature Sound, they were recently featured on uh, Dr. Dobson's radio program, and I hear that was highly su- successful, as many outlets as he's on in he that exposure. His, uh, he, he came out to Colorado Springs when we were there at the arena, uh-huh. and he just fell in love <laughs> with uh, with uh, Ernie and his group, and he said, where did you find those kids? And I said, oh, I said, Ernie sang with the cathedrals, and I knew him through that. He said, man, it's fun to see young kids doing that kind of music. <laughs> so he had them out there for a weekend, I think they did a concert there at the uh, 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 at the auditorium at the 
uh, right there close to focus on the family, and he just dearly loved him because he just loved, and plus he loves basketball. So, 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 so it was a great night for Ernie and the guys. You would you say it goes back to that passion, the labor of love for them, and that's why they've been uh, so oh, successful. Ernie, Ernie just loves to sing in a quartet, and loves to play basketball, and loves to hang around with a bunch of guys. And uh, it, it's fun to see him. He's like a marine sergeant. You know, he's got them all uh, going in the right direction, and uh, and they're going to do great things. Most people who know the name Bill Gaither, uh, some people relate it to all styles of music. Some may relate you back to the early days of contemporary Christian music. Kind of, uh, I've heard you called, been called the father of that, or uh, you sort of helped get that started. Uh, and then some will only put you in the Southern Gospel category. You really don't fit into a box when you when it comes to uh, to styles or, or genres necessarily. What what will fans of other styles of Christian music enjoy when they come to a Gaither concert? You know, I have uh, I, I have really tried to fight labels as much as possible, Daniel. Mainly because the labels change. I kid the contemporary kids. <laughs> I said the only thing that's sure about contemporary music is is that is the temporary part. I said, <laughs> you know, contemporary is only going to be contemporary for you know a year or two, and then it'll be part of the tradition. Some of it will be, and yeah. it'll work into the fabric. So I really tried to stay away from that. I think the bottom line of what I like people say about me was he was a bridge. Mm. He tried to bring people together. For instance, I love black gospel. Anybody who knows me knows my roots are deep in that, and I love it. And uh, and I love the southern sing- singing convention style. Uh, and I'm learning love bluegrass. That's, an- that's another style. But you know, with people like the Isaacs, that kind of helps you. You know, mm. even like the bluegrass style. Um, but I, you know. Uh, music's kind of like a, uh, food. It's an acquired taste. You know, if you haven't tried a certain thing, you, you ought to try it and see, see, see if you like it. I don't know much about the current contemporary stuff, um, but I do know a lot of the kids personally. I don't, I, I wouldn't know their music, but the kids I've met personally seem like nice kids and they love, love the Lord yeah. and they're beating their drums and playing their guitars and trying <laughs> to sing it in the way that they think their generation will like it. And I say more power to them. Well, again, this is the Gaither Homecoming Concert Give It Away Tour 2007, Friday night, April 13th at 7 o'clock at the Arena at Gwinnett Center. And you can learn more about the concert when you go to our website, newlife.fm, on the web. Uh, and, and you have a website, too, right? Yes. And do you know what it is? I do, yeah. Do you... Why don't you tell us? <laughs> okay, it's... I was going to ch- check you because I I understand you're really into computers, aren't you, <laughs> Daniel? I'm. The, you're talking the most computer illiterate human being in the world, and the great thing about it is, at my age, I don't have to learn because <laughs> we got all these smart young people around who, who can translate me. Every time I do a web, ch- uh, uh, one of those chats. They're always saying, now, are you doing this? I said, no, Emily's doing everything. I'm giving her the answers, <laughs> but she's doing it all. So, Well, it is Gaither.com. It's real easy to remember, Gaither.com. And uh, there's a, it's kind, it kind of carries with it a fan club mentality where you can join in with, with fans of Gaither music and Christian music all around the world. And you can get some real ex- uh, exclusive deals there and see backstage footage and, and, and photographs, things like that at Gaither. Dot com. Uh, Mr. Gaither, thanks for taking time to talk with us here. Daniel, it's always a joy, and we're going to look forward to being there in Atlanta again.